Welcome back. So my guest today, Mark Hunter, has 30 years experience training and speaking about sales. As a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and host of two sales podcasts, he works on the sales stuff 24 by 7. So in our discussion, we cover some tips about prospecting. We talk about the importance of identifying your ideal customer profile. And then once identified, the, the importance of staying in your lane, right? Don't get distracted and shift your focus around between different opportunities because it looks good or it's exciting at the moment. We also, of course, talk about what he sees from top performers and some of the traits that really sets those people apart from the rest of the pack. As a reminder, make sure you tune back in Friday for a very short solo episode where I'll touch on a recent tactic that I picked up from an extremely high performer. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, Mark, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. How are you doing? I am, I'm doing great. It's great to be, because let's talk about High Tech Freedom. I think that's a great name. I like that. Yeah, well, thank you. You know, it's funny because I talk about, you know, for salespeople that are in the high-tech sales world, we're not necessarily in this space because we absolutely love technology. It's cool. It's interesting. But we, we're here, some of us, because there's tremendous upside, as there is with any sales role. But there's tremendous upside. And that upside ultimately can create some opportunity to maybe get to those to that freedom that some of us are looking to achieve. Oh, that, that's true. And it, it, whether you're on the hardware side or the software side, I mean, I, I get to spend a lot of time in the SaaS space. And, um, yeah, I mean, the ability, although, you know what I can, I was joking, I was joking to myself, the freedom. Yeah, it's freedom because one month you're working for one company, next year you're working <laughs> for another company, next year you're working for another company. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully you can keep that going. We'll, we'll come back around to the topic of freedom because I am curious to hear a little bit about your, some of your thoughts on that. So, uh, look, you've been busy, Mark. I know you're, um, I've watched, uh, what you're posting on social media, some of the content and some of the live sessions that you're doing. In fact, you had a live session this morning uh, on why you love sales. And I'm yeah. just curious, after a couple of decades of doing this, why do you still love it? Well, because it's it's about people. Sales is people. And if you think about it, what, what do we do? We get to interact with people. And it, it's not what we sell. People get hung up on us, what we sell. Oh, if I worked for, if I worked for this company, if I sold this company. No, it's the people you get to serve. The product you have, whether it be software or hardware that's just a vehicle to get a conversation yeah i just love the ability I, I look at every opportunity as a jigsaw puzzle and every day i'm putting together jigsaw puzzles i don't know what the picture is going to look like but it's cool some of the, the jigsaw puzzles are 20 piece puzzles and others are 2000 piece puzzles but it's fun to, i mean to me it's a game it's a challenge yeah, especially if you enjoy solving problems, there's no shortage of that. That's for sure. No, absolutely no shortage. And that's what you, as long as you stay framed on the customer, 
thinking about, and, and that's one of the challenges, I think, in the tech space. We tend to get fixated on end of the quarter numbers, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you stay fixated on the customer, it's amazing what, what can happen and what will happen. I remember early in my career, I was getting really frustrated with something. And I was just, I was kind of moaning and groaning to my boss a little bit. And he said, Chris, I'm going to solve all your problems. And I said, well, how's that? He goes, go out and make a sales call. You'll feel so much better. Just go talk to a customer, get out of the office. You're, you're getting fixated on the wrong thing. And uh, to this day, like, cause I'm a sales manager, sales director now. And, you know, we do spend a lot of time in the office looking at forecasts and having one-on-ones, but my best days are those days when I'm with the people in the field, with the team, with the customer, so much better. Because you're having a conversation. I always say that Friday afternoons are the absolute best day to be making sales calls because people are a little more laid back. Yeah. And it's amazing how many more calls you can have on a Friday afternoon because people are a little more laid back and they'll have a conversation with you. That to me, that's the ultimate in sales. Yeah, totally agree. Well, some of this might carry into my next question. So you recently had a guest on a podcast where, and by the way, what's the name of your, of your podcast, Mark? The Sales Hunter Podcast. The Sales Hunter Podcast. It's a great podcast. And Hunter is my real last name. People always ask me, what was your name before you changed it? No, that's always been my name. You were, uh, you're born to do this. That's right. But you had a guest on and you and the guest were talking about uh, achieving success, you know, for a sales professional. And, you know, I like to ask uh, all my guests, what do you believe sets the top 10, 20% of sales professionals apart from the rest of the pack? It's just discipline and focus. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's just, if you are disciplined and focused and just repeat, 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 repeat. I, I was with a VP of sales the other day for a SaaS company. And he said, you know, I keep pounding into my team. It's five conversations a day, five conversations a day, five conversations a day. And we went through the numbers of a sales team. And those who were having five conversations a day were at the top of the chart. They were at the top of the list. And it's, it's just a discipline, discipline to be stay, to stay focused. It's amazing what will happen. Yeah, you know, I, and I sometimes wonder if uh, we overcomplicate things oh, a little and go we into do. market. We do because we're looking for a silver bullet and we want to find the easy, easy path, easy route. And if you just, I was with a salesperson the other day and um, she made the comment. She said, I've had incredible success. Two calls a day. That's it. Two, 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 not 20, two. But for her model, two sales calls a day. All she had to have. Wow. Think about that. But I imagine if she's only doing two sales calls a day, she's probably doing quite a bit of pre-work and post-work to really maximize those two calls. Yes, she is. Right, right. Because these are very qualified calls. Very, you know, it's incredibly engaging. So she's in all the pre-work. So when she has the call and for her particular niche where she is in the space, it just works very well, very well. Because I know another person who probably makes has probably 20 conversations a day. Incredibly successful. It, it's a little different model. It's a different niche. And it works. See, that's one thing. It, it's finding your rhythm. Mm-hmm. For this person who makes 20, his personality is just gregarious. It's just whoever he runs into, they're going to have a conversation with him. And he's able to uncover things. The other person who has two, extremely deep into the weeds, da da da, da. But it works for her, see? And again, this whole thing. But it's discipline and focus. Without it, no no chance of success. 
Well, I think that probably also carries a little bit into you talk about the uh, uh, you call it your um, ideal customer profile, right? So yes, ICP. Like yep. some it, with some of us, we work for companies where maybe it is a little bit more of a higher volume transactional type of software sale. Maybe some of us work for companies where you know it's a big enterprise type of deal, and so the number of calls, but the depths you, you go into uh, it might differ. Yeah, but I imagine that that carries over into, you know, identifying what does that ideal customer profile look like? Can you talk a little bit about what that means? Yeah, it is. And you got to stay in your lane. I mean, I see more people having problems because one day they're they're playing transactional salesperson. Next day they're playing enterprise. You can't do that. You just can't do that. You've got to get into your lane. For this lady, she's truly enterprise. See, for this gentleman who is making 20, that's purely transactional. See, but you, you stay in your lane. Your ideal customer profile is here's what happens. You become so knowledgeable about them. You become so confident about them. You become so competent that you got questions after questions you can ask them. You know there. You've walked in their shoes. You understand them. You're, many times what happens is your presence arrives before you do because they know you in the industry. They know you in the space. The tighter we have our ICP, the more value we create and the better the pricing. Think about this. I mean, I see so many software companies at the end, end of the quarter, just making unbelievable deals, unbelievable deals, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, how much, oh, yeah. can, how much can we discount the deal? This cog is so low, right? End of quarter. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. But what I find is this, if I stay in my lane, my ICP, I'm going to understand your needs better. And I'm going to be able to close you before we get to this end of the quarter, stupid dance. Oh, drives me nuts. Drives me crazy. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is a challenge. Well, so Mark, let's say you're working for a company and maybe they haven't um, really clarified kind of that ideal customer profile for you as a field rep. What what are some of the kind of self self assessment questions that you should be asking to, to maybe build that out? Well, yeah, what you're going to look for is is who are the customers, who are the clients that your company's currently serving? What do they look like? Who are the decision makers? What's the outcome they're getting? And and you begin to look at you know that existing customer base. And then you begin to come back into it and say, okay, here's an industry that works well. Okay, there's, wow, our, a lot of our clients are in that industry. A lot of our clients, we tend to go in through, you know, the CISO, or we tend to go in through the CTO, we tend to go in and, and or it's contractual renewal or, or whatever, but, but you begin to hone in and the tighter you can make that. And the key thing is then what's the outcome? What's the outcome that the customer is looking for? You know, right now, I mean, software, cybersecurity, huge, you know, mm -hmm. but there's 10,000 different ways to cut cybersecurity. There's 10,000 different ways to cut it. What's the outcome that cyber that they're looking for? Because, you know, if, if, if I'm looking at cybersecurity, I'm in the retail space. I'm looking at it from a financial transaction. If, however, I'm in an industrial manufacturer OEM, I might be looking at cybersecurity in a totally different, just to, to keep IP protected. So my intellectual property doesn't escape and go someplace else. So again, it's understanding that outcome. Then I can get tight. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I, I think it's a struggle for some reps, especially if you get in kind of that broader territory type of role, because you can have your ideal customer profile, but then you have all the variety of verticals oh. like you just touched on. Oh. And and so I, I've actually seen some really good reps that said, you know, I'm going to, in their unsolicited, they built out their territory plan and said, yeah, I know there's all these different companies, but 
these are the two or three verticals that I'm going to personally focus on. Thank you. Back up the audio and listen to what Chris just said. That's so key. You're right. Because I see people, well, well, I got, you know, you know, these four states. Fine. <laughs> if you can make a market in just healthcare, stay in just healthcare. Don't worry about everything else. Just stay in health, you know, stay in your space. That is so you can't in this world of tech being geographically, you know, known is stupid. Okay. I just said it. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean by geographically now? Well, in other words, where, you know, you, your territory is, you know, you know, you've got Oregon, Washington, Northern Cal, and Idaho. Oh, excuse me. That's a huge territory. There's a lot of dirt. A lot of dirt. I used to have that area. I used to have that area. Yeah. And you, you can't. And, and so, but now I'm going to say, I'm just going to do healthcare, or I'm just going to do architectural engineering, or I'm, I'm just going to do startups or whatever it might be. That's That becomes my ICP within my geographical, you know, uh, parameters. I love it. I love it. You know, and, and also, right, the other thing, you know, good rep I've noticed over the years, they're paying attention to if there's a shift in the market, right? At times, the economy, we're kind of going into a crazy time. Certain verticals are going to feel some softness, but in any downturn, there's always a vertical that starts to get some momentum. Maybe they're getting extra government funding through some stimulus. You just, you know, at one point, hospitals had they weren't making any more money than they were before, but if they didn't get their uh, compliance for their um, medical record systems, they would lose government funding. And so that created tons of spending. Now, yeah, more so for some of the EMR companies, but that has that has a trickle-down effect within their IT budget. Huge. And, and see, that's why if you've, if you've got a geographical area, you do want to have two to three ICPs, you know? You know, you say, okay, I, I want to hone in on... So maybe healthcare is is the one I want to go in on. But I'm still going to have a couple of others because if the economy does go sideways, chances are I'm not going to get taken down. Right. One of those others is is going to pick itself up. So I'm going to have a primary and then I'm going to have a couple of secondaries. And generally what I found is if, if you lay that out right in an economic period, you're going to be okay. I knew a gentleman, for instance, his primary happened to be healthcare and his secondary happened to be transportation, um, basically freight forwarding, air, et cetera. And it worked out very, very well because there was a time when, when air was just going through, through the roof and he was just, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. But then there's times that it gets tough and he can revert back over to healthcare. Yeah. yeah great advice. I want to break in with this quick commercial from me. I am very excited to announce that we have our first multifamily real estate deal for the year. This is a really nice boutique 88 unit complex in Tempe, Arizona, which is an incredibly strong submarket of the Phoenix area. And we are partnered with my friend Reed and his company at the RSN Group. They're the, the ones that found the deal. And they also have another asset uh, very close by this particular property. Investment spots on this one, they're going to fill up quickly because it is also structured to accept 1031 exchanges. And there's a number of exchanges out there right now looking for a home. So if you're interested, just contact us through hightechfreedom.com or you could book a call using the link in the show notes. And even if you just want to learn a little bit more about the investing process, let's chat. I'm happy to share and follow up with some educational resources. Now back to the show. So Mark, as we get close to wrapping it up here, so 
you personally, you've been, you're a keynote speaker, you've been doing sales training for a, a long time. You know, I'm curious, um, are your clients or customers, are they mostly companies that are contracting with you or do you have individual salespeople that come to you as well? You know, that's funny because I do some coaching and I won't say the SaaS company, but um, their number one European salesperson, I have individually coached him for the last three years. He pays for me out of his own pocket. Hmm. He pays for me out of his own pocket. His company won't pay for it, but he says, Mark, you make me money. And every other month we're on for a call. And it's and it's just been going on for three. In fact, he's changed companies a couple of times. Oh, wow. And taken me with him. So I get, I, I guess, but yeah, it's a lot of times it'll be, it'll be a company that'll, that'll bring me in. Hey, would you help us really re rework our sales process? You know, we've been using MedPick, but it's not working. Help us understand that or help us do it, you know, or maybe come in, deal with our sales kickoff meeting. It almost always what happens is I come in through one door and I tend to stick around through a lot of other doors. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. That's selling, right? <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> that is selling. And it says I must be doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I just, I brought that up because I was poking around your website and I saw, you know, you have some programs, but then you have individual modules that somebody could just purchase and go through it. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and yeah, I've had a little bit of sales training from some of the vendors that I've worked for, but it's one class, some account planning, enterprise selling class. And then you take it, we, it gets, there's a lot of energy for like two weeks and then we move on. And then every other training class that you get after that is mostly product training. Oh, product training. I mean, you know, channel partners are always quick to say, oh, we'd provide all this training. No, what you're doing is you're providing product knowledge. Yeah. You're not getting any skill knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I just highlight that. I think the we haven't talked a, a lot about this in other podcasts, but some of the most successful salespeople I know are out getting their own sales training, right? And talking to guys like yourself. Yes. Yes. They, yes, they really do. That's why this, this top performing person, he happens to be in Germany, pays for it himself. He says, it's okay. I, I, I was talking the other day to a person, uh, probably ranked number three or number four consistently in a major player here in the US. U US well, the other company, you know, Germany is US based too, but he pays for all his he pays for all his own coaching. Mm. And he shared with me, he said he spends over twenty five thousand dollars a year on himself. Think about that. And he's probably making that in a exponential way on commissions. If you're in the top five, he's doing just fine. He's making bank. Believe me, he's making bank. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so Mark, going back to the freedom topic. So you've been a, you're a business owner, you run your own company, you've been doing it for a long time. You're still grinding it out day in and day out. I know today, this week, busy week for you. Um, I'm just curious, you know, what does freedom look like for you either now or down the road? You know what? I enjoy what I do. I thoroughly enjoy what I do. And so freedom for me is just being able to pick and choose, you know, along the way, I'll get clients who come and want to do business with me. And I say, you know, not the right fit. I was just on the phone with a, uh, well, I, I had a I had a SaaS company reach out to me about a month or two ago and they put a real nice offer on the table and I'm still struggling with it. You know what? I'm just going to pass on it. I'm just not going to do it because their values don't line up with my values. Mm. And so freedom for me is being able to pick and choose that way. Because again, you know, we all are our own brand. Mm-hmm. And you got to protect it. You got to protect it. And if, if we protect our brand, it's amazing how much more energy we have. It's amazing how much more focused we are. We you get jazzed. You get you get pumped. And it's amazing what what you can do. 
Yeah, you know, and that is such a great point. And uh, I have an, an earlier episode on this, but you know, if you think about yourself as a field rep, you have to think of it as you're building your own franchise. You're not, you're probably not going to have the same job for 25, 30 years with the same company. And so the contacts that you make, the relationships that you build, it's your franchise. And so I have an earlier episode where I talk about own your own CRM, you know, build your yes. own CRM. Don't rely on the company's yes. sales force because it's your business and your relationships that you're nurturing for a career. That is, that is terrific advice. Because again, there's going to come a time when you're, when you and your company are probably going to part ways. And in the tech space, it seems like we part ways a lot faster than other industries. Um, and, and, and that's okay. That's okay. That's totally fine. But you want to be able to carry those. I mean, that's what helps me out. I mean, I, I, I can point to various SaaS companies I work with and various hardware companies I work with. And I can just follow, follow the yellow brick road all the way back up to an individual 10 years ago. Yeah. It's the people. Yeah. It's the people. People. Well, Mark, so you've been, uh, you've got an opportunity to maybe look back on a successful career. If you were talking to the earlier Mark or maybe somebody that was kind of in the early stages of their career, you know, what advice might you give them? Prospect more, prospect more, prospect more. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm give two other pieces of advice. Embrace the ability to learn from other people. Uh, early on, I was pretty cocky and I didn't think anybody had any advice. I turned down him years, years, 30 years ago. 35 years ago, I turned out a meeting with Warren Buffett. Mm, no kidding. Because he was just some farmer from the Midwest. Stupid, stupid. So be open, be receptive to learn from other people. And then, like I said, prospect, 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 and embrace your CRM system. I mean, I can't, I can't, I, I, it's still amazing to me. Here we are in the year 2023. I'll just go ahead and say it out, 2023. And uh, I, the number of people who don't embrace their CRM systems. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. You are never going to be able to remember. But do you mean from a company perspective or individual level? I mean, where does that start? Well, it, it starts, the company supplied them with a CRM system. We'll say Salesforce. Yeah. And I see salespeople who use it in the bare minimalist of way. And yet their company has supplied them with all kinds of tools within Salesforce. I mean, I, I realize something, something like Salesforce can... I mean, it can screw up a two-car funeral pretty good. I get that. But there's a tremendous amount of assets and a tremendous amount of benefits. Use them. Use them. Use them. And, and, and don't sit there and say, oh, I haven't, I haven't been in CRM system for a couple of weeks. I guess I need to go in. I, I tell sales managers, you want to make sure your people have their CRM system open at all times on their computer. At all times on their computer. It's never closed. Never closed. Well, I mean, to me, I, I, it's like, well, I'm a sales manager, so it is open 100% of the time. But, you know, when I think about it, the little things that you pick up from it, I mean, you don't, even if you're not big into uh, running the reports and running the dashboard, you can't remember everything that's gone, going on in your business. Thank you. That's right. That's right. I mean, and I know salespeople are quick to say, well, and, and, and it is the case. I mean, CRM systems tend to be reactive because they measure stuff that happened in the past and we got to be proactive. But sometimes I got to look at the reactive data to understand proactively what, what's going to happen. Yeah. And it starts with the CRM. Yeah. Yeah. We, in fact, we were just talking today. I have a newer newer rep in a, in a region, and we were just going back over like the five years of lost opportunities. 
And, you know, I was asking him if he had looked at it. And, you know, there's just that there's so much data that has been populated in there. When you're looking at it, you've got it open. You're like, ah, maybe didn't know about that. You know, maybe I should re-engage and see if I can generate some activity. Well, you just Embarrassing. I got a text message from a sales manager who I haven't worked with in seven years. He says, hey, I got to loop back up with you right after the first of the year because we got to talk sales training for our entire company. We're back in business. They had been sold. And I just, you know, again, everybody kind of went their own separate way. Yeah. And old ownership came back in, took over again. And it's like that had totally fallen off of my radar screen. Stupid me. Yeah, you know. And suddenly, you know, and, and this is gonna be a this is gonna be a very nice opportunity. Very nice opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't be too hard on yourself. Clearly, you were doing something right to where, you know, they took the time to re-engage, which is fantastic. Well, at least they at least they reached back. I'm glad he still had my phone number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, what uh, what is the best if someone wants to reach out to you, maybe look at some of the training that you have, yeah. what's the best way to connect out? Well, the best way is thesaleshunter.com. Thesaleshunter.com. Got the website there, got the podcast under the same name. There's just a ton of content out there people can grab. Of course, I've written some books, High Profit Prospecting, A Mind for Sales. There is I, I like to give away, give away, give away. So there's a lot of stuff out there that you can just grab hold of. Yeah. And we'll and we'll grab those links from you and stick them in the show notes. Good. Well, Mark, uh, thank you again for your time. I really enjoyed the conversation. Really enjoy listening to your podcast and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating, and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever. Music